Hello and welcome to another episode of Bright Future. First, before we begin, we'll go over the rules. Uh, do not insult others, instead attack each other's arguments in a respectful manner. Keep your opinions flexible to take into account new information, perspectives, and ideas. We'll also use a few philosophical razors to help our help form our opinions, like Hanlon's razor. Do not attribute to malice that which can be attributed to stupidity. Occam's razor, where simpler explanations are more likely to be correct. The Sagan standard, where extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And Hitchens razor, that which can be stated without evidence can also be dismissed without evidence, with the exception of basic truths like cold-blooded murder is wrong and one plus one equals two. So, uh, this is a political podcast where we go over current events. Did you hear about the uh, big thing that happened this week? Uh, the loan forgiveness plans up. Oh, that was last week, actually. Oh. Oh. I haven't really. Uh, well, there are two big things that I'm actually going to go over. The first is Jason Allen uh, put in a AI-generated piece of artwork into the Colorado County Fair or Colorado State Fair uh, art contest and won first place with an AI-generated artwork. Sounds and the pretty in... much like. Go ahead. <laughs> it seems pretty well like he had to work hard to achieve that either way, whether he used an AI or not, unless he didn't program the AI. Uh, he didn't, but um, the way it works is uh, he used something called MidJourney, and this AI will take a word or two and it will generate a piece of art from it. And then what you can do is you can add more words to it. You can fine-tune it with a further selection uh, to slowly parse down and create a more and more complex piece of art. Apparently, his piece of art um, took two weeks of fine-tuning with different words to get it to where it is. And then he ran it through a Photoshop program to um, really enhance the rest of it. And, well... The artistic community is not exactly happy with this, are they? Because an AI-generated piece of art was entered into a contest and won first place. But I'd argue, well, let's start with the big question. What do you think art is? Like, how are you defining it? Standard definition is an expression of oneself, but also art can be in many different ways, anything down to even architecture, which for a long time now we have been able to generate using computers. Uh, it's kind of like, do you consider the art someone renders in 3D software art? Like video game three-dimensional models? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The spaceship I'm flying right now is incredible. <laughs> okay. Well, would you say that then slicing that into a 3D printing program and printing it out, that the model that comes out would not be art? No, I would say that it would be art as well. So what I was going to say was the exact definition of art is the expression or application of human creative skill 
and imagination, typically in a visual form, but not always, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. So going off of what you would said, I would say not just three-dimensional models in a video game, but also our bonsai trees art. Because we didn't make the tree, right? But we do parse down, prune, and trim the tree into something that might make you consider nature and make you feel at peace, right? So it is an art. So it can have an emotional power, like the initial definition says, and could be said to be the result of the application of creative skill. So my question is, if you're using an AI to give it a word and the AI generates art based off of that word, and then you add more words to it to parse down and refine it more and more, is that not comparable to parsing down or pruning down a bonsai tree? Like, you didn't make the initial tree or the initial algorithm, but you did parse it down, prune it, I suppose, and then run it through a Photoshop yeah. program at the end. In many ways, yes. It would be considerable for the same thing. Yep, and then in an interview... You Jason... may not have the same experiences or knowledge with 3D printing as I do, but a lot of, once you have the 3D model you want to print... A lot of the manual labor of figuring out how each layer has to be constructed all in the computer. Yeah, you have to fine-tune it a lot. So, I remember having a bunch of problems doing it back when I was in high school. He did have the idea. He may not have originally known what to put, but he did have assistance in some ways. I would say, yes, it's yeah. computer-assisted art. It's still art, though. They want to say, we'll have a secondary contest and category for this next year. I could totally understand that since some artists aren't going to feel no, that I, it's appropriate. I believe he just entered it in it a... still uh, his own expression. Yeah, so what he did was he just entered it in a digitally generated um, art contest. And he even said that it was generated through Midgard, which the judges knew was an AI. Okay. Um, I... Well, the worst, the the bad part about this though is that Jason Allen, in an interview, then said that art is dead, dude. He may claim that, but instead, his piece caused us to have this conversation, and well, we definitely feel some emotions while going through and thinking this all right. I think he's a fool. He has generated a concept and an idea that is worth consideration. Yeah, I don't think he killed art. I think that he um, he just made a new medium of art. Yes. Right? Like, instead of and... using paint and paintbrush or Adobe Illustrator or whatever, we've now got a new medium where we can use a program to generate art. Yeah, for all you know, um, the next version of, say your own channel icon for your next art contest. Someone could make it with AI just for the lulls. That would actually be really cool, too. I'm going to make this... So, what I've been doing for the uh, logos for each of the episodes is just... I've just been finding, like, a basic symbol 
and doing that for the logo. But this time, I think I might have to make it an AI-generated art piece, you know, to just, just to give it a try. Okay. Um, I'd recommend you check out the one called Dolly and just type in your channel name. I definitely have to give that a spin as soon as we finish the stream then. Anyway, other than the photo, other than the uh, AI drawn images, though, there was another topic I wanted to talk about. But this is going to be one that I'm not going to like too much because, you know, I like I like to do my research now, right? I've learned how to do my research properly. And this one uh, has a lot of lack of statistics. And um, misinformation on all sides of the argument. So, you, you ready for this one? This one's the political one that's going to be big. Total silence. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, so... Earlier this week, Biden ha- had a, a bit of a speech. He had remarks by President Biden on the ongoing battle for the soul of the nation. Did you hear about this? no no okay so my first question upon reading that headline was immediately what does that even mean right what's i mean i'm assuming that he's talking about the political leaning of the majority of the citizens right and well he said and i'm quoting here that MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the foundation of our republic. And basically that's what the whole speech boils down to, is how he's trying to um, battle for the soul of the nation by fighting against the extremism of MAGA Republicans. I say as I got jumped by pirates, hold on a sec. So before I begin the part of this, I I did say that I wasn't going to like doing this episode or this this type of topic because of um, a lack of facts and statistics with misinformation on all sides, right? And, well, can we yeah. talk for a second about how Trump's, Trump's fake news campaign was, it was evil but brilliant, wasn't it, right? Because if the, if something said that he doesn't agree with or that he doesn't like, he could just call it fake news, and there it goes. No one cares about it anymore, no matter how reputable it might have been. Sometimes, but this means that also he could cherry pick what is and isn't true. So, like, if you don't like it, but it did actually happen, you can just call it fake news. Did you just jump into my system? Oh, you did. while longer than you think i don't know how long ago that was but i'm just i'm just going around collecting silver while we talk about this stuff so like with the fake news thing and all of that it's really hard to find solid evidence or like backup or support anymore because well we can't trust any major news outlet anymore whenever i'm doing my research i'm either going directly to whitehouse.gov or other government websites i'm getting the information directly from what the government is saying or i'm getting it from wikipedia and well give me a sec oh sure we all know how like 
reputable Wikipedia is supposed to be, because it's, it's gotten a lot more reputable as of recent years, but I'm still hesitant to use it, because uh, it can be publicly edited, although those edits are not made publicly available until they have been reviewed by people who work with Wikipedia. So it is at least more reputable than it used to be. 20, even as little as 10 years ago. So now going back to Biden's speech, where he said that MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the foundation of our republic. And I'm thinking, how? If the people vote for him, then that's what the people want, right? And, well, that's the foundation of our republic, that people vote for what they want. So how would that be threatening the foundation? Well, Biden also said in his speech that the MAGA Republicans are refusing to accept the results of a fair election, of a free election from 2020. And, I mean, I suppose that's kind of true. Biden did win the 2020 election, but MAGA Republicans and Donald Trump in particular are all insistent that there's there's evidence of tampering, right? I mean, there's evidence of that happening every election, but even more so this time, right? So I went and I read through the 2020 presidential election page on Wikipedia. And holy crap, there's a lot of weird and dodgy things on this. But, well, I say there's a lot of weird and dodgy things. There's some, but there are certainly more in other ones. And it's not like there's somehow more people voting than are actually registered to vote, right? Let's start with the first thing. Early votes and mail-in voting. Because of the um because of the pandemic, people had to do early voting or mail-in voting in order to prevent them from being possibly exposed from actually going to the polls. And those early mail-in votes were three times more democratic, more voted towards Biden than voted for Trump. You're immediately like, wait. That doesn't sound right, though, because that should be about half and half, right? If it's just a standard coin flip. But, well, Trump did say publicly that he didn't trust mail-in voting because he thought it would be insecure, despite the fact that the director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, testified under oath that there have not been any coordinated voter fraud by mail in the past. So if Trump is attacking mail-in voting by saying it's not secure, he likely added to a possibly already existing blue shift where Democrats are more likely to vote by mail than Republicans. And as a result, more mail-in votes are more likely to be for Biden than for Trump. Despite the fact that, you know, the FBI has not seen any kind of coordinated voter fraud by mail in the past. Then those suspect things, they they also go both ways. So there's the possible thing where mail-in voting is three times more towards Biden than towards Trump, but there's also foreign interference. There is a section called foreign interference, and there's a paragraph on how intelligence officials advised that Russia was interfering in the election for Trump's favor. Not to mention that there have been a lot of reports of threatening emails being sent to various Democrats across swing states stating, you will vote for Trump or we will come after you. 
the DNI revealed that they they were coming from Iran. But disregarding all of these things that could be potentially fabricated, let's just focus on the raw statistics instead. The 2020 presidential election apparently holds the record for highest percentage of voter turnout, where 66.8% of all registered voters were confirmed to have turned up or at least voted, either through mail-in voting or on actual election day. There were a total of 158.3 million votes cast. And 100 million or more of those were cast prior to Election Day through early voting or mail-in voting. Right? But according to the census, census census.gov, there's only 153.7 million voters, and with a 66.8% turnout, there should be a maximum of 102.7 million votes. So where'd the other 56 million votes come from? I mean, I know the census can be off by a percentage point in either direction, but... Well, it's not exactly likely. Pirates. You assessed? I'm sorry, what was that? Hello? up for a second for me oh did we cut out Uh, I don't know I'm here still you're here still okay so um what do you think about all the uh, possible voter fraud do you think there was any or likelihood that there was some somewhere in all of it well there probably was some there's some almost every year but well uh according to the director of the Cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency chris krebs he stated that the 2020 election was the most secure in american history and with or without inf- uh with or without uh any kind of interference or whatever Biden did win. He did get more votes and did win the Electoral College, even if that was as a result of interference. And then Trump just had to react by firing Chris Krebs, the uh, director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, who had stated that the uh, who had stated that the election was secure, was the most secure in American history. And then he took to social media in an all-caps tweet saying, I won this election by a lot, and at some point even claimed that he had won all 50 states. All 50 states? Trump, there's only ever been one president who's won a presidential election unanimously, and that was George Washington. And the only other person who's ever actually come close was James Monroe in 1820 where he won 80% of the popular vote and 98% of the electoral vote. 
And then Trump called for a protest, even claiming to, stating to be there will be wild. And, well, January 6, 2021, the Capitol was stormed while they were counting the vote and five people died. There were four protesters and one officer that died. Trump was then impeached, but impeached a second time, but again acquitted on the charge of incitement of insurrection. So clearly, Trump should not be our president, right? He's not a good fit. Could you agree with that after his reaction to the, all of this? Silence? Okay. Damn, I never voted for him. You never voted for him? Yeah. I don't think, I would definitely not vote for him after his reaction to all of this either. Um, so what about Biden then, right? Scrolling, I, I went to his Wikipedia page and I scrolled through it to get a feel for his ideals. And I discovered something that I had completely missed while actually, well, before the 2020 uh, vote and everything, where in 2019, um, eight different women accused him of sexual misconduct and Biden admitted that it was correct. And he um, he pledged to be more respectful of people's personal space moving forward. I'm I'm skeptical that this kind of thing can even be forgiven in the first place, right? Is that something that we should have even forgive for anyone? Like I, I know he's 79 and you know probably has something mental wise with the way his speeches go, but it's not something that we should accept, right? Then he apparently also opposes for drilling oil in Arctic wildlife refuges and supports funding for other energy sources, which explains uh, what's been going on with um, the whole why gas prices have been so high and things like that. He also thinks we need to take action on global warming and that we need to get tough on other countries, like get tough on China. Or at least that's what he says. But the laws that I've discussed in the past... Um, don't really match any of these political ideals, right? Instead, he's been targeting inflation, healthcare, and the Second Amendment in manners that make those situations worse instead of better. Instead of focusing on these political ideals, he's instead putting out a statement attacking the, uh, the MAGA revolution, which is a moot point considering that Trump probably isn't going to run again. So, what's this soul of the nation supposed to do i mean i definitely can't support either side of this trump versus biden argument with any kind of majority so what we probably need is just more options right yeah it's been a long time determination that at some point we just need to get rid of the whole two-party system and have more parties to vote for that that reminds me because there is a party in my state that i've been doing more research on just called legal marijuana now <laughs> and that's it's a great party name it's to oh. the point it tells us exactly what their political ideals are so i know immediately what it is that that i am voting for when it or if i vote for them we definitely need more parties like that But at that point, should he just be like, I don't want to say it, but I, at that point, you might as well be saying more rights for hobos and hippies. 
Well, no, that's not what I meant, though. What I meant was I'm glad that they wear their political ideals on their sleeve, right? Their sleeve. So since they yeah. say legal marijuana now, if I vote for them, I know what it is that I'm voting for. I am voting for legal marijuana now. And if other parties did that, parties like, um, say, lower gas prices now or something like that, and I vote for them, I know what it is that I am voting for, right? They make it obvious. So I feel like that's what we should do. Or have parties that yeah, have that kind of... more emphasis on what's the surface value of what you're advertising and making. Yeah, because having that kind of political ideal just right there is makes it so much easier, right? We know immediately what it is that we're voting for. But at least the 2024 election is still a little ways out, at least on the timescale of this podcast. So hopefully by then we'll have at least one decent person that the majority can actually get behind, right? But in the meantime, I feel like I should ignore all sides of this debate, remain loyal to the nation and not the government, and up my alcohol intake by a factor of five. What do you think? Anyway, try the outro one more time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bright Feature. Feel free to comment on this episode on Twitch, discuss this and other topics in my Discord server, or join the conversation live on Twitch. New episodes are recorded Monday at 7pm Central at The Storm AI. Uh, And to change, I'm now going to be releasing the episodes every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central because my analytics show me that that is when these episodes are most downloaded. See you next week.